Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What do you say to that fan who gave you back your 600th ball? That was really cool. I got in the bag over there, so... Mike gave it away. He goes, man, I'm sorry, man. I get it. I said, sorry. I'm sure they'll figure out a way to get it back. But I don't keep too many. I don't actually keep too many things. So um, in that circumstance, I just, yeah, I felt like that might be a good one to keep. I think that fan needed better representation because the first Tom Brady touchdown pass, that ball, a touchdown thrown to Terry Glenn back in 2001 against the Chargers, went for 425000 earlier this year. I think a T-shirt or whatever he got, a Brady jersey. I, I, just, I, think, I think he should have negotiated a little bit differently because that was his. Possession is nine-tenths of the law, Mike. I, I don't know that I would have given that thing back. It's like, this is a half-million-dollar football in my hands, pal. Sorry. No. No, you got to do better. You got to do better. That's not enough. Oh, well. Uh, the fan, the yep. fan, quote unquote, did the right thing. His family may disagree. <laughs> you know, it, it, it reminds me of the, uh, I'll date myself, watching Everybody Loves Raymond and Frank Barone keeping the field goal that the kicker yes. kicked in the, high school, uh, the college yes. game and t- tried to ransom it for $10,000. I mean, I, I, see, I'm the other way. I, I just, maybe it's because I, I played and, and I don't know. I don't know, but I couldn't do it. I would, I would just want to give it back to him. If they wanted to offer me half a million dollars for it, I wouldn't turn it down. I would, I would first try and do that. No, no, you really don't have to, but if you want to, okay. But I, I, I would want to give it back. I mean, but man, we're running out of stuff with Tom Brady, aren't we? I mean, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous what he is accumulating. And he is Benjamin Button because he looks, just looks younger and younger. And, and by the way, that, that first touchdown pass did end up in the stands and a fan had it for years and finally decided to sell it and got 425,000 for it. So, uh wow. I don't know. Ugh. All I know is all I know is the dude who got the ball yesterday should have given a phone call to uh Saul Goodman or someone like that to get some advice before he <laughs> gave the football back. All right. Superlatives time. Mike, what do you got? 
Well, I'm going to start first by changing the name of it to Tom Brady time. He's the, the, the superlative of all time, so maybe the award should be named after him. But my first one uh, is, is Jamar Chase. I mean, uh, uh, rookies, and I'm going to have another rookie involved in a little bit, but these rookies are, are unbelievable. What Jamar Chase did yesterday uh, and what, Joe, what he's been doing with Joe Burrow over the last few years has been incredible. Eight catches, 201 yards, broke the rookie receiving for yardage in a game record that was held since 1969 for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, that is just impressive. And he mentioned it. It's about yak. It's about yards after the catch and what he's able to do and the tackles he broke on that 82-yard touchdown. Now, you can kind of look at Baltimore and say, you know, you got to tackle a little better and do a better job and, and wrap up. But he's still, for some reason, making players miss because he's that good. I love the conversation about the back shoulder throws uh, as well and how much you have to work on them. And they've been working on them since college. So, And how well they can be because you can be covered incredibly well. But if it's a, a perfect back shoulder throw, you're going to get the completion. 35 catches on the air. He's averaging over 21 yards a catch. And, oh, by the way, he leads the league. I think now he has six 40-plus receptions. I mean – when you say big play receiver, his name is right, right in pictures right next to that right now at such a young age. It's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it just makes that, that rough start that he had in the preseason even more compelling. But he told me a few weeks ago, when you're just in the game for a little bit, it's harder to focus. And he had to teach himself that you got to focus on every opportunity, even if you're just in for a few snaps. you got to stay focused at all times. And he learned a valuable lesson, and uh, he looks pretty focused every week. Now, yeah. my first one is maybe we didn't need John Gruden after all. And, you know, I say that slightly tongue-in-cheek, but look at how the Raiders have responded to the resignation of John Gruden. And I'm reminded of Chris Sims, who told me when he was playing for Gruden in Tampa, he loved playing in the games because he didn't have to listen to Gruden in practice. And now Derek Carr didn't have to listen to Gruden <laughs> at all. And maybe he had just enough Gruden influence that you, you have Gruden teach him, but then you take Gruden out of the mix and the guy reaches a higher level because dealing with Gruden just wears him down. But Derek Carr has become the voice of that team. That's what Rich Passaccia said after yesterday's win over the Eagles. They're 2-0 and since Gruden resigned. I'm impressed with what the Raiders are doing, and they're at five and two. They're right at there, up there at the top of the conference with everyone else. Uh, it has been incredible, and early on, doing it without a running game, another team that revamped their offensive line. Josh Jacobs had been out, missing time early, so they had been doing it all on the arm. Uh, of Derek Carr and, and some defense as well. Uh, they start to incorporate a running game that uh, it, it will make them that much better. But to your point, going kind of off the X's and O's of just the, the state of the team without John Gruden, and it'll help. It will hurt some players, you know, who he had a good relationship with, and he's there because of them, and it will help some players. But if it, and Derek Carr was already having a pretty darn good year, but hey, if it helps somebody a little more in a position like that, it's going to help the team overall. That I, I'm with you, though. What a team to keep an eye on is if they start to do really, really well and you know, coinciding when Gruden leaving, that is going to be very, very interesting. All right, my next superlative is I never knew there was a national tight end day. Never in my life. <laughs> Yet there is, and it was yesterday. And this is where I'm going to another rookie, Kyle Pitts, the kid out of Florida, the rookie tight end. They were putting up all the – the, uh, the, uh, the stats of the tight ends, and Kyle Pitts, the rookie, was right at the top. Uh, seven catches, 163 yards, a uh, little over 23 yards to catch. Another one that does a great job after catching the ball. 
This guy is the tight end of the NFL now. Uh, one play split out wide like a wide receiver with Xavier Howard, their best cover corner, covering him. That's who you have covering you because you're wide out like a wide receiver. I mean, so you're attached, you're in the slot, you're out like a wide receiver, and you're taller than everybody else. So when in doubt, and Matt Ryan certainly knows this, throw it up, and my guy is going to get it. 35 catches, or I'm sorry, 31 catches out of the air, averaging over 15 yards a catch, 23 in this game, but 15 yards a catch overall, again, for a tight end, who do you really call a tight end? He's more like a wide receiver. He's like a slashy wide receiver and tight end, and it is something to watch. And I think more and more, he has, like I said, 31 catches now, but I think Matt Ryan is going to get to him more and more as this season goes on. Yeah, it took him a little while to get to where he is, but he's incredible yeah. now, and he's living up to that high billing because the the praise was over the top for him. He was viewed as less of a risk than Jamar Chase even, uh, but Chase hit the ground running. Pitts is catching up quickly. Next one for me is they put the green in Green Bay. I love the Green Bay throwbacks, and I think they should consider – now, I know that the G on the side of the helmet is sacred. I know, but it just – that green-on-green green look, and, you you know, the, the yellow helmet looks like the cheese head that the fans wear. Maybe we can just put, like, little holes – like little decal holes on it or something to make it a cheese head. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. you know, so many times we see these alternate uniforms that teams come up with and they're cringeworthy. These, these are some of the best I've seen that, you know, that I know they're a throwback to the fifties, but I don't think the green popped like that back in the fifties. It definitely didn't pop on the black and white zeniths of the fifties. That's for damn sure. It popped on our <laughs> high def monitors yesterday. It really did. Listen, I'm. I love people are always. I know rate them. I hate them. Ugly or not. I. I dig when you try out different uniforms, especially the throwbacks. I just love all that stuff, and I think players do for the most part. I think uh, stylish players sometimes may not if they feel it's ugly, and big fat linemen may not like it if it makes their gut protrude more than it really should. <laughs> uh, other than that, and, and believe me, linemen know that they're in there in the front of the mirror trying to tuck that shirt in in a way where it no doesn't make jerseys. their gut look bad. No white jerseys. Uh, yeah, it's, it's exactly right. And you can do it all you want before the game, but when you're out in the middle of the game breathing and tired and your gut starts to hang, all of a sudden it doesn't look so good. But, yeah, I am, <laughs> I am definitely a fan of those throwbacks, no doubt about it. Uh, my, my third superlative is it was Orlando Apollo uh, Alumni Day on Thursday night in Cleveland. And everyone, I'm sure, is saying, what? The Alliance of American Football, the Orlando Apollos, one of their running backs was to Ernest Johnson, who ran for 146 yards Thursday night for the Cleveland Browns in their win over the Denver Broncos. Baker Mayfield was out. Nick Chubb was out. Kareem Hunt was out. Other players were out. Third string running back, how is he going to do with the top running team in the league? Didn't miss a beat. Again, he goes for 146. They rushed for over what their their uh, game average was. So good, certainly credit to the O-line as well. But here's a guy, I love these stories, Mike. A guy who nobody really knows about, unless you're obviously in that locker room. You certainly know who the hell he is. But fans don't know who he is. It's a third string running back. You don't expect it at 
at all, and he has the game of his life. Had a couple of catches out of the backfield as well. Had over 160 yards of total offense. Maybe the key, though, is they're holding on to a three-point lead. There's five minutes and 17 seconds left in the game. That's when you want your four-minute offense to go into play and run the clock out. It's exactly what the Browns did. They ran the clock out, 10 plays, Eight of them, I believe, were runs to Ernest Johnson. So this guy just had his chance, took control of the situation, and had a monster game. Listen, those other two backs, Chubb and Hunt, when they're back, they're going to play. But Johnson opened up some eyes because all the talk in Cleveland after the game was, boy, if Cleveland doesn't hang on to him, what other team is going to go after him? But kudos to him. You play wherever you have to to get film, to be in the NFL. It worked out for him. He got his chance, and he made the most of it. Yeah, and we talked on Friday about how he sent direct messages to all of the AAF team Twitter accounts to try to get their attention, and he got their attention. And the Orlando Apollos, the unofficial champions of the only season of the yeah. AAF. <laughs> yeah. And I think Steve Spurrier actually had a ring made for that. I don't know if he distributed them to all the players. I don't know if Dearness Johnson has one, but he's got a bigger ring in mind. And, you know, uh, we got to give the blocking credit, but his vision was great. He showed yeah. great burst, speed, everything. And uh, incredible night for him. And they're in good shape, even if they don't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Last one for me, real quickly, the kitchen sink and then some award. I got to give Dan Campbell credit for throwing everything he had at the L.A. Rams. It didn't work. It almost did, and it really threw the Rams off from the onside kicks to multiple fake punts, going for it on fourth down. I, I, I thought they, you know, they, they lined up for a field goal at one point. Ah, just, just fake that, too. They're not going to see it coming. Another kickoff. Kick another onside. They're not going to see it coming. The last thing they expect is another one. But, you know, even though they lost, they avoided being blown off the field, and I think that was their their main objective. And they rattled the Rams force the Rams to play all 60 minutes. The wins, I think, will come eventually for the Lions, but I respect how they went about trying to get it done yesterday, Mike. Uh, I completely agree. And, you know, it's one of those where people say, oh, they have to uh, they have to re- uh, try and use trickeration to win these games. Well, players see what's going on. They're getting beat by these teams, so why not try things? And players love that. Players, man, would you work on that stuff, an onside kick or a fake punt or a fake for whatever in practice, and you have a ball with it. And then when you get to run it in the game, I'm telling you, players get excited. So excited they have to hold themselves at bay because one of the big things is you don't want any tells at all that you're going to do something like that because you want it to be a surprise. But players love it. So I'm with you. Credit for Dan Campbell to try and pull it all out of the bag to get that win. Let's take a break. When we return, one of the rookie quarterbacks taken high in the draft suffered an injury yesterday. What we know about it and how much time he may miss. More PFT Live coming right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal 
and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You know, obviously you run through your mind just like, you know, praying that it's not the worst case scenario, you know, having a knee injury. And at first it wasn't necessarily like a, a painful thing. I felt a pop, I felt a twist. So like, you know, you kind of know when it's different than just, you know, getting some sort of um, bruise or, or getting landed on or whatever, you know, I knew something had happened. It felt um, a little unstable and, and that was why I kind of wanted to just make sure everything was okay. You know, it was uh, sore. I didn't feel like I could move it at first. That was kind of why I laid there, try to just get my thoughts together and, you know, kind of figure out what was going on and, um, and then from there, it's just, you know, even now, still trying to figure out how we can make it better. Zach Wilson, Jets rookie quarterback, knee injury suffered yesterday. You never want to hear a guy say he felt the pop, heard the pop, feels loose. He also said that. Best case scenario is it's a PCL injury. Worst case, obviously, when you're talking about a knee, is the ACL tear that knocks you out for the balance of the year. It, it apparently happened on a second quarter hit by Matt Judon of the New England Patriots as part of a game that saw the Patriots finally win at home and they won in a big way, 54-13 to over the Jets, completing the sweep. The Pats are 3-4, and four, and two of those wins have come against the Jets, and we'll see when Zach Wilson is back for the Jets. But for his sake, hopefully it's, it's the best-case scenario and he doesn't miss much time. See, you know, this is for a team, you know, we went through this with Cincinnati last year and Joe Burrow. For a team that wasn't really going to go anywhere and for a guy in Joe Burrow who was playing well, playing better as a rookie than Zach Wilson is playing. But regardless of that, it's about the progression. It's about the reps over and over again for bad teams selecting quarterbacks early to get that quarterback on the field and get reps. And so you, you, you really, really you hope anyway uh, that it's a short-term injury and you get back on the field. You hope that for anybody. But for a quarterback that you're relying on for your future, right now reps are the most important thing. Seeing things over and over and over and over and over again so the game starts to slow down for you a little bit is the most important thing. And that we'll see how much that has stunted. Now, it hasn't hurt Burrow that a whole lot as we see as we look for the latest example because we saw him get hurt last year and come back this year, and he and Jamar Chase are playing extremely well. Uh, but that, that's the main thing, obviously, is the health get back quick, but it's stunting any kind of growth you want to see from this year. Yeah, that's a great point. And we saw a lot more from Burrow, frankly, last year, a lot more good from Burrow. Yeah than we've seen so far from Wilson. So he hasn't really gotten to the point yet where we can say, hey, if he would be out for the rest of the year, he'll be good to go starting next year. A lot of questions there. We'll see how it all plays out. And again, we, we hope uh, for the best for Zach Wilson. It's a short-term injury, and he can get back sooner than later. Let's take a break. We'll do our Sunday statement draft when this Monday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. All right, let's get right to it. The Sunday Statement Draft for Week 7. Mike Golick, you are up. 
Well, I, I don't think – I know we just mentioned it, but, I mean, we, I think we really should give a whole lot of credit to what Tom Brady is doing. I mean, 600 TD passes. You start to, you start to think, Mike, and this is what we do, right? Home run records, any kind of big-time records is who can get it next? Who is going to break it next? It's, it's a shame that's what you think about. It should concentrate on the guy that's doing it. But who's going to be next? With 600 touchdown passes, four more touchdowns in this game, leads the league with 21 passes at 80 years old. It blows my mind what he is doing, and he really truly may play till 50 years old. And, and sometimes he just plays great so much, I don't think we, we truly stop and say, wow, for what this guy is doing at this age. Yeah, and not that long ago, he actually hinted at 55 being a possible end yeah. date to his <laughs> career. I wouldn't be surprised if he retires for a couple of years and then it bugs him that he thinks he could still do it and come back. But regardless, it's going to be a long time before anybody even comes close to touching his records. I will start with the Tennessee defense because they have been maligned. There have been questions about them. But to hold the Kansas City Chiefs, the Patrick Mahomes Kansas City Chiefs, to three points – that people had to have been looking up the scoreboard thinking there's a misprint. 27-3, that can't be the score. The Chiefs don't score three points. Well, they did yesterday, and, that, and it's amazing how close they came to getting shut out. Wouldn't that have been something? But three points is, is basically a shutout when you're talking about the Chiefs, Mike. Yeah. Oh, it, it definitely is. That, that, not going to lie, that surprised me because the Tennessee defense has been suspect at times. And, you know, it's all about what have you done for me lately. And lately in this game, they played fantastic. My second one is, is going to sound weird, but it's really those teams that take care of business when they should because it's tough to go undefeated. For Arizona, they, can, they get their coach back and Cliff Kingsbury, who admitted he felt disconnected from the team when he was away and when he first came back. You never know when you're going to have that stinker and give one up. So while this may seem like a weird one, it is to Arizona holding it together and, and not even making it close because sometimes you're being that uh-oh game, and they weren't. They took control of the game against Houston. They took care of business with a head coach that still didn't feel like he was back fully with the team. We talked about that with the Green Bay Packers going up against Washington. Don't make it your what-if game. That's a win in and of itself, a win you should get, but a one you definitely cherish knowing, okay, we took one that we had to have. Especially with the Packers and Cardinals on Thursday night, both of those teams could have tripped on their way to the showdown. As it turns out, they both win. So it's 6-1 and one Packers at 7-0 and oh Cardinals in an excellent Thursday night game. Next for me is Joe Burrow. Career-high passing yardage in Baltimore against a Ravens team that has confused and confounded people most recently, the likes of Justin Herbert, the other top 10 quarterback from last year who has been phenomenal and some would say better than Burrow. Maybe you got to revisit that. If you think Herbert's better than Burrow, maybe you got to revisit that now after Burrow did what he did yesterday. Helps to have Jamar Chase, help to have C.J. Uzama. Helps to have a defense that was able to hold the Ravens in check, but uh, the Bengals looking great and Burrow making strong statements week after week as the Bengals continue to climb. Let's take a break. We'll do round three of the Sunday Statement Draft as we wrap up this Monday edition of PFT Live right after this. Now, I have received from some feedback, constructive criticism, if you will, some from some folks who don't like the fact that I have mentioned my shower door injury yesterday morning. So I have a new injury, Mike. I'm going to have a big old swollen cut me mick thanks to a shower door. 
yesterday afternoon. Did you hear about my injury? And this morning. Are you aware of my injury from yesterday? My pregame injury. And the shower door hit me in the temple. Or like right here. And I was immediately swollen like Rocky. Don't let the door hit you on the temple on the <laughs> <Yeah>. way out. <laughs> what was the rehab through the week? And did you take precautions for this morning to make it to your chair? Which I'd imagine from where you get up to your chair is, I don't know, 20, 30 feet. Maybe I'm wrong. Did you take any precautions so you can get there safely? I have a big rubber pad on the shower door now, so <laughs> that will never happen again. Well done. There will be future injuries, just not shower door injuries, unless I fall into it. That That is entirely possible as well. All right, round three. Well done. Control room. EJ, I assume, yeah, had something yeah. to do with that. Sunday statement draft. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, I love how you you channeled your inner Ben Roethlisberger to tell everybody about your injuries. Well done. Uh, my third <laughs> one is packs. about ice pack it, here, <laughs> ice pack here, ice pack here. Go ahead. My third one quickly is about player resolve, and I look to the Giants here. One win coming into their game against Carolina, and just the job they did. Daniel Jones, you know, fighting to to keep. What he has right there, he hit six different receivers with multiple receptions. There he completes 70% of his passes. The defense has six sacks. They hold Carolina to 173 yards. My point is, it gets to a point of the season when you know you're not going anywhere, yet you, you, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get out there and you play for pride. And I congratulate the Giants. 25-3 to win over Carolina. Not the greatest team, but neither are the Giants. But going out there and getting the job done. And it's still not done. Ten games left, and they've won two, and three may get you in. They get you into the hunt right now in the NFC. So we'll see if they can build on this. If they can, probably not. But I'm trying to be positive right now. Last one for me, Matthew yeah. Stafford. All the talk was Jared Goff going back to LA to face the Rams. Well, Stafford was facing the Lions, the team with which he spent a dozen years, and he got cover from all of that because of the golf talk and he just happened to come out and have 334 yards and three touchdowns in a game where the lions were throwing everything they could at the rams in an effort to try to steal it stafford stayed steady they're six and one and they're on their way i think we're out of time are we out of time i hear a count how much time do we have we're, we're done Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.